Steve Samsel, how are you? I am wonderful. That's good. That's good. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, it's Tuesday. Um, it's been dark since about 1 p.m. <laughs> I don't love that. But uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Uh, of course, you already knew that. Um, Steve, we've got a, a good show today. We're going to talk about Penn State's finally winning a football game over Maryland um this upcoming weekend michigan game um plus it's basketball season you pointed out that you couldn't watch pti or a bunch of other shows earlier um because there's college basketball on so that's a that's a good problem to have i would think um i want to discuss this week kind of on our media segment how announcers should handle refs if they handled them the proper way as i assume you stayed up for the end of the steeler game last evening i took it all in baby that was a great game and then we've got a good old guy young guy um so are you ready i'm ready sure all right um i don't know i don't really have any thoughts on the the actual game like i think penn state played okay i think they played fine i think they put themselves in a position to win. I think Jahan Dotson finally kind of sort of had, I don't want to say his coming out game, but his like, yeah, you need to start respecting me a little bit more than you probably have game. Um, And, you know, I think for me that that was the biggest takeaway. Um, You know, I I don't know. I, I, I didn't really have any major bones to pick about, about the game. Like I think, everything kind of sort of got handled by winning the, the halftime going into halftime clock adjustment clock management thing was very bizarre. It was even more bizarre to witness in real life in real time. Um, So I can't imagine how much more bizarre it was to have TV commentators providing that. Um, But you know, no, other than that, I didn't, uh, you know, and I thought, I thought for the most part, the defense played one of its better games of the season against the, quarterback that actually I don't think was that bad like I think Talia has gotten better I think I don't want to say night and day better but certainly better than the first time that Penn State saw him what three years ago now um I was like okay he kind of looks like Tua's brother there you know I, I, I'm sure that the kid is probably exhausted from all of the comparisons of his, of his brother um and I certainly he is not his brother but you expect them to be pretty good. And, and I thought he was, he, he has finally gotten to be pretty good. This isn't a Maryland podcast though. So I don't know why I'm, I'm breaking down the play of Tulia Tunga Vilo. <laughs> oh, cause that's what you saw, right? How was the show? I mean, from, from a TV broadcast for the media side of it for, for this podcast, let me say it was a typical Fox sports one broadcast, which is not special at all. Not spectacular. And dropped opportunities like the two penalties against Penn state, the back-to-back, half the distance to the goal line, then half the distance on top of that on sportsmanlike penalties, not a camera shot of the one, you know, either one. And that's just typical with Fox sports one. Like you don't have enough cameras. They aren't paying attention, whatever. Like that's just horrible. And it was typical. Like the, the, the broadcast was not unbearable. Um, and I'm not a turn the radio on guy just cause of the lag. And we had a friend over 
it was good background noise to see what was going on and I can watch the game and see what's happening. But the broadcast itself, ugh, and the penalty, that was the worst. That was one of the worst segments, worst, worst, worst examples of a broadcast entity dropping a ball figuratively during a game that I've seen in a while. I mean, they had nothing and ample opportunities to come back to it. You know, I, when it happened in real time, I, my attention was on that area of the field. I didn't see anything. I went back on the replay and watched it. I didn't see anything on the replay. I'm wondering if maybe somebody said something. That was my only kind of thought was, I think, depending on how close the officials, I don't know how many officials threw flags uh, were. I, it was very late and very kind of surprising. Um, so, yeah, that was weird. The other thing that, of course, everybody else is talking about is, is the, the Fred Hansard thing. I didn't, I didn't see it. Like I saw it happen, but I did not see it happen. If that makes sense. Um, so, but then, I, and I didn't even really see anything on Twitter about it. Apparently, they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast. And when a friend texted me about it on Sun, on like Sunday, I was like, "What are you talking about?" I didn't know. They gave it. They gave it. I don't know if it was more attention than it needed. But it, they gave it the typical now, we're going to chastise somebody's actions we don't like afterward media stuff. Like, I don't believe in the big media being bad, but like, okay, it happened. Probably wasn't a good decision. I don't know how intentional it was, it was or wasn't. I think it's ridiculous. We've gotten to the point that the kid issued a statement saying, I'm sorry on social media and I didn't mean to whatever. It's a football game. Like stuff happens. Oops. He can't came out of out you know out of bounds and he put his hands up and maybe there was a little more shove there or whatever but it wasn't didn't look mean spirited didn't look malicious don't know that I expected a flag the time of but the whole guilting people afterwards making things right afterward that he's going to have to sit a little, sit half a game now and 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 send the apology is just I just think way too much I think we're, we're, that's silliness it's silly softness of, of of trying to correct people's behavior after it happened. Steve, is that the right thing to do, though? I guess, but we're back to judging intent, right? Right. Like, no, it, yeah. I, I think it was a very accidental intent. moment. Right. Of like, and then so he's forced oops. and guilted into to saying it's the right thing to do. And I guess if it were something that was more meaningful in the world, maybe it'd be the right thing to do. But I don't know. I, I just, it just seems like a lot. Um, but whatever. I mean, and, 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 the, and the penalties, the back-to-back penalties, Coach Franklin today did not bemoan them happening or criticize the effect the officials doing them. So they must have been hit the explanation he received must have justified them happening, which was interesting to me because I was kind of waiting for that today too. Um yeah, it's like I said, I, I didn't have anything else really to complain. So was about. it as good a trip as it wasn't as good a trip as Wisconsin? Oh yeah, got it. Well I mean first off I wake up in my own bed, which that is a that is a plus when Anytime Penn State plays down here, um, but my there, there's a couple things, and this is this is now going to sound like a Maryland hate podcast. You know how Penn State is a football school, yes. and you can tell Penn State is a football school, and and when you go to the games, people are very knowledgeable about football. People, a lot of people give their own opinions on football, right or wrong agree with them or not it's nobody does that at maryland games and we sat on the maryland side Hmm. and there was a lot of like 
I don't want to say stupid isn't the right word. Dumb isn't the right word either. But you could just tell that this isn't the prime sport there. Like you could just tell like, for example, the stadium was major majoritively louder when Penn State was on defense than it was when Penn State was on offense, which is awkward. I mean, it was they still made noise, but they very much had to be prompted to make noise. Where I feel like at Beaver Stadium, it first and second downs you get a, a relative above a hum, I would call it, and then third down it always gets loud. Um, so there was that. That was that was weird. Um, it is it is still so bizarre to me when you have a, a, a stadium and you have a like campus in the middle of the stadium. Their stadium is truly in the heart of campus um, if you've never been there. Um, so that is that is weird but nice. Um, yeah, significantly more Penn Staters tailgating. Like you can kind of sort of tell that people just show up to the game and then leave at Maryland. Like it's it's not a, a whole day experience. Well, there must have been significantly more Penn State fans there where there were in general, you could tell but you could especially tell coming off the field at halftime that the Penn State fans were expressing their, you know, that was a weird, yeah, that was weird. That was a weird moment. And I think you're very, it's a very intimate stadium. So I I have to wonder like if it was a little bit farther back or Beaver Stadium, would people have been, maybe not Beaver Stadium, but uh, would people have been as grumbly? Um, I don't know. I think it maybe the big house is a perfect example because the away sideline is the sideline that the there's only one tunnel in the big house that, the team go teams go up and down on. And I think that sideline is in. So I don't know. That was weird. It, I, I'm, I think much like the Fred Hansard thing, maybe people maybe made a little too much about that, but That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the couple of things that I do want to talk about that I, I think Penn state could learn from, from Maryland. Number one, I don't know if the BJC is open to go to the bathroom, but the Xfinity Center is is open to go to the bathroom, which is super great. And that that led me on a little bit of a walk through the Xfinity Center. Um, first off, it must be really nice to have teams that go to the Final Four relatively recently, um, and they're very proud of that there. Um, but the thing, biggest takeaway that I noticed, and I noticed this in the stadium as well, they're very proud of their heritage i would say when it comes to food at maryland and you can get lido pizza which i'm sure you lived in the dmv area so you know what lido pizza is how would you describe lido pizza to somebody from i guess it would be like the permanies of western pa but but it's just it's like above average square cut pizza um so they have that there. They also have it in the stadium. Also in the stadium, you can get Chick-fil-A. You can't get like the fries, but you can get sandwiches and nuggets. Um, you can get, you can get just an Arnold Palmer. Like I spent three bucks on an Arnold Palmer because I could get an Arnold Palmer. It wasn't in an Arnold Palmer can or anything. It was very clearly just somebody pressing the iced tea button and then pressing the lemonade button. And it's just like little things like that, that other schools do that, you notice when, when Penn state doesn't have them, um, they've got an entire stand two, two stands dedicated to Maryland food. So crab, you can get crab soup, crab pretzel, crab cake, sandwich, pit beef, which is big in Baltimore. 
Um, there was a couple other things which I thought was interesting. And, you know, like, for as much as we've kind of harped on the minor league-ization of, I guess would that be the right word, of Beaver Stadium this season, Maryland does it, but they do it in a way with their food and their, their amenities there that's it's nice. It's It makes you enjoy going to the game as a fan getting like you have something to look forward to getting something to eat there. Um, oh, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, and I guess, I mean, I'm sure that the, the, the pay to play fee, the right to be a, to be a part of that experience for the, the companies is less there than it is here. Right. So there, that's part of it. But I also think the culture here isn't, hasn't been that. And it, it wouldn't shock me if it changed in coming years because they're having a hard time getting people to work and getting the, the volunteers to do stands and whatever else. So why not outsource, you know, find some partners, right. And do Chickie and Pete's on the East side of the stadium and Probani brothers on the West side of the stadium. Right. And kind of have a, a, a Philadelphia and Pittsburgh thing wow. you know, kind of stuff. What an idea, Steve. I know it just came to me. How about that? Um, so That's when great. athletics, when you decide to do that, um, but you could find companies, I think that might be interested in doing that and having a presence in front of, a hundred thousand people every, every week to, to do their stuff and then let them do what they do. And you don't have to worry about it in some ways. Yeah. And I think the other thing that made me realize like just how stupid it is that Beaver stadium doesn't have it is, is the alcohol. It, it was very easy. You, they have separate stands. Some of the food stamps have beer, beer too, but they're everywhere. And you know what? I didn't notice as many stupid drunk people as I noticed at at Penn state games because they serve alcohol there. I think they know that people can walk into the stadium and get a beer and I don't need to drink too extra to last me through the game as I'm walking into the stadium. Um, Average stadium prices. I think it was like eight to nine bucks a beer. And I think you could get up something premium. I know I noticed shock top, and a couple others they had um flying dog which is the big is is basically the maryland version of trogues um in terms of independent breweries um down here um and it just really makes me wonder like is it really that much more extra work for for state college and penn state to do that I, i really don't think it is and if money is apparently an issue or becoming more of an issue, why not open yourself up to more revenue streams? Same way we've seen with the 50-50 um, and other things like that. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know what, what goes on with those machinations, but it seems like there's some low-hanging fruit there if it's something they wanted to do, or maybe maybe it's harder than than we think. But I also do know that that what what the uni- what the athletic department would want or what Learfield would want to, to be able to get in and be a partner in terms of, of an initial fee might be something that people companies might balk at, but I think they'd probably get it back. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'll shut up about this then, but point blank, I don't, I would have a very tough time seeing them not make their money, back. at least on beer. I could understand some food things, maybe sure, but. Oh, but you could do a lot. I mean, I think the Pennsylvania, I think you could do Pennsylvania foods, right? And at least in one place. And you could do some special places that, that are premium and, and people would walk to come find if they were only two places in the stadium. I th- or at least a lot of people would walk to come find it, I think. So yeah. somehow the popcorn people, it can't be that onerous or whatever, because somehow those popcorn people are still at gate A, the caramel popcorn people, the whatever. So that can't be some big, That's a good point. huge thing. There's yeah. got to be, a, there's got to be an entry point somewhere 
for a business to get in and be able to do it if, if they can be able to do it. Or they're just making so much money on caramel popcorn <laughs> that they can afford to pay whatever the premium is to get in. Um, all right. Cool. Anything else on Maryland? Nope. Glad it's over. Glad they won. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Um, moving on. One of the better ideas, and I'm sure Steve might disagree with me. Uh, one of the better ideas that I think marketing has had recently is, is this weekend's football contest where Beaver Stadium is going to be made to look like a giant football helmet, sort of. You can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, okay. I, okay. Let's let us, let's, let's go through the Steve and Darian text messages. I just, I send you the, the screenshot of the stadium outline. And you go, did you just make that up? And I go, I send you a link of uh, the helmet thing from the actual Twitter account. You didn't respond. And then I said, somebody else just texted me the same thing, asking if it was made up. Do you not like this? Because I love it. I don't it- <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not in love with it. No. Why were you? It's, it's, it's a whiteout, right? With one set of rows doing, <laughs> doing the blue, you know, whatever. And I think it'll play okay at a noon game, but not great, right? Like I think it would have been better if it was, and they have no control over that. So I get that. It's another way to 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 steal or extend the whiteout mojo, right? And make it work and make it feel like it's this helmet thing and it's different. I guess. I mean, I always wrestle with this stuff, like these. It's not making anybody else buy a ticket, but it is probably getting people excited for some portion of the game. And I think about the people who do this stuff are people that we're probably educating in our college or those kinds of people, right? So I shouldn't be moaning people having jobs. But of all, I don't know, there just seems like there'd be something else that could make the game day experience better for people. Like, you know, any number of things we could probably come up with in terms of sound working, scoreboard stuff, consistency, whatever else, as opposed to, hey, wear a warm white shirt this week so your sections you know but i'm sure i guess it'll look nice on tv so yay I'm fired up yeah you, you were you were slightly fired up about that i okay, okay. here here's my my thought process on it as of right now i absolutely love this idea i have i have detested the stripe out because i think the stripe out is dumb every other school does a stripe out Okay, that's fair. The whiteout, the whiteout is truly unique and, and different, and adds an energy and attitude to the stadium that makes it the greatest place on earth that Saturday. With other schools, when they do their color outs, Ohio State did a red out. They've done a, a blackout. Um, I think I've been at Michigan when they've done a maze out. I'm trying to think. I think it was one more on that list somewhere. Um, oh, Wisconsin did a stripe out. It doesn't. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't do anything. I. I don't know. Like, my my thought process is on it is this: we have we, you and I, people that tweet at me, people I tweet with, have harped on the athletic department to do something different. And you know what? They're finally doing something different. Okay. And I, I'm okay with giving them the cookie now. Now. If it comes Saturday and it doesn't work or it looks stupid or whatever, it doesn't add to the experience. You know what? All right. But at least we tried. 
Well, I, I think I might like this better than the stripe out because there's a reason. There's a stent, ostensibly a reason, right? That it's the helmet, whatever else. So I, if this were to replace the stripe out, I'd be okay with that. You know, I, I don't know that we need one for every game because that goes back to the minor legalization or whatever word we just created about what they do. Patent um, pending. Yeah, patent pending. Um, so no, I'll, I'll be interested to see it. I'm sure they would have loved it to be Again, something that was evening, night, whatever else. But there's going to be juice in the stadium because it's Michigan and the number they're, they're ranked higher than us, right. period. So that's a good thing. Like, I think, you know, there's going to be Jim Harbaugh is going to get booed just when he walks in the stadium. You know, it's just it's going to be the wonderful thing that Michigan is. Um, okay. All right. So we'll, we'll leave the, the helmet game aspect there. Um, what are your, your thoughts on this upcoming Saturday contest? I think it'll be a really good game. I, I think I think Michigan is good, very good, and has the ability, at least in theory and probably in practice, to do what Wisconsin did to Penn State in terms of scheme-wise. Like they, they need to think about the big big bodies, the running game. They got good running backs. Like I think they could probably look at that and say, hey, we, we could do that to them. Um, but Penn State's had a couple weeks to figure some things out since then and might be okay. Although I think Michigan will be able to run the ball, um, but it's, it's at home. Penn State will have some juice. It, the crowd will be excited. I think that helps keep Penn State closer. Um, no, I think it'll it'll be a, a really good game. It'll be fun to watch. They seem evenly matched. Um, yeah, and it, it's 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 just it's perfect because you know, especially with hardball in Michigan, you always have a good guy, bad guy, and fans are into that. You know, mm-hmm. people care about this game. More than Indiana, you know, we talked before about the manufactured Indiana rivalry because they won some fluky game last year. This is Michigan. It always matters. It, it's always the team that, you know, is is well, it was the big two, Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. that Penn State has kind of elbowed its way into to try to be relevant and then have to get by every year if it wants to be good. Um, and, and my spiel is always that they're they're paying the coach at Penn State to win three games. They're paying them to beat Michigan, Michigan State. And Ohio State every year. The other ones, you assume they got a good shot at winning, but to be really elite at some point, you got to you got to win these games. So the fans know that. I think the coaches and the players know that. So that's going to make for a, a fun Saturday. I am not very anxious. I'm going to eat my eat crow for saying that, but I, I'm not anxious about Saturday's game. Like I think, yes, Penn State lost, but I really think that they're back on track and. I'm not going to sit here and say that I necessarily 100% think they'll win. But I feel that they have a very good shot at winning. I think Michigan also has a good shot at winning. I don't think it's a very good shot. I I think Penn State defensively probably is the better team. Can Penn State – and I think if Penn State's offense can play – I don't think it needs to necessarily play its best game of the season, but somewhere in the level of that Ohio state game, maybe just a hair lower. I don't think Michigan can, can put up enough points quick enough with what they have because they have such a running run to run attack. So I don't know. This game is, is always very fascinating to me. And it's always very fascinating to me when it comes at this point in the season, because like you kind of sort of know where everybody is. And I don't think we know where Michigan is. And I don't think we know where Penn state is. I, if I think this is the game to prove that 
losing to Iowa and losing to Illinois was a fluke because Sean Clifford got hurt. I think if you're going to do that, Saturday is the day you answer that question of, yeah, we probably should have won those games. Like everybody says that everybody's thinking that not beating Maryland does not necessarily do that. Playing Ohio state tough doesn't necessarily do that. I though I think it, it, it did put the ball that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I it's all, it's, it, it is weird to think like it's November and, and, and Penn state still isn't like, they're not, out, you know, they're not going to make the playoff, but they're not out of a new year six again. And I think it could happen. It's just got things got to bounce Penn state's way and pretty much be Penn state winning out and Ohio state winning out. And I, I don't necessarily buy the Rose bowl thing, but I think they could make a splash and move up the rankings. Um, I don't know. Well, they would try. I mean, again, in terms of bowl stuff, they would travel, right? I mean, that's the other thing that always comes with Penn state is, is why the bowls have them to more of it's an appealing selection. But yeah, I think this is, it does. <laughs> Winning would make Illinois feel even worse, but would also make it feel like a fluke or, or more, more of more of a fluke or a bad day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what will happen because I, I think it'll be. I, I don't think either team's going to run away with the game for sure, um, at least from what we've seen so far. Um, so a competitive game with that kind of energy and that kind of stuff is, is, is going to be fun. Anything else? Anything else to say there? No, can't wait. It's a noon game. Everybody's excited. About you were you were super excited. I want to let everybody know that I got a text from Steve at I think you're the only person that reads 5 44 a.m. on Sunday, which is technically 6 44 on uh, a.m. on Sunday. But you weren't awake, were you? Uh, I don't remember. I didn't think you were, but I figured you'd want to wake up. I know it was a noon game. So there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's yeah. what that's what that's what friends are for. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, moving on. Steve, I decided to sit down and watch the Steeler game last night. Um, decided to get work out worked up about it, and then I was thinking during the game, do we, we being the media, which we're not really in, but we're in for the sake of this argument. Do we make something bigger out of the officiating? Like, like would the officiating be such a conversation point? It's kind of like a chicken and egg thing. Would, would the officiating be such a conversation point today if Steve Levy, Brian Greasy aren't going off about the officiating in the way they did last night? I don't know. I, I think they had a right to do it, but I, I do just like – I guess what I asked you earlier when I, we were coming up with the rundown is how should announcers handle bad officiating or interesting officiating? Not even necessarily good officiating or bad officiating. I think it's fair to point out that one team has 10 penalties for 150 yards and the other has two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's fair to put out the, the, the probable frustration of that by the, by the team that, that's on the bad end of that. Um, I, th- I thought Lewis Riddick did an okay job uh, of putting some blame on the, on the offside penalties back on the bears, like saying, Hey, at some point, you know, you've been in the league this long, you got to line up, you got to have your helmet behind your hand, you got to do whatever. So I thought that context was good um, or at least helpful. And it wasn't all them complaining about what was happening with the bears. And as a, as a Steelers fan, I was 
watching it saying, yeah, God, if they won't be shooting themselves in the foot, this could be even more interesting than it is. And it was interesting enough as it was. Um, but I do think they have a, a, a responsibility in general to point out when stuff's happening. Um, my frustration with, with rules and announcers is the rules analysts, right? Like they just, they could be wrong about something or they could say, I, you know, I don't agree with that. Well, if the rules are the rules, it should be clear to everybody, you know? So that's just the part that's frustrating for me. Now they had that, their official officials expert, John Perry said, you know, the taunting thing at the end was clearly to the letter of the law and it, it should have been there. And I heard from a guy on uh, Steve Jones's show today who was at the game um, saying, you know, there were things that TV didn't see and it looked like the letter of the law to me too. Meanwhile, the, the broadcast team was all about how unfair it was now. And from with TV angles, we saw it did look kind of a little unnecessary, but that's the time. It just feels subjective. And then the criticism comes with it. Like the, the rules sometimes aren't clear. You don't get the sense that the, the same officiating crew of one game is going to do it the same as, as the next game. And I think a frustration builds in for the announcers too. And that's what happens. They get frustrated with what they're seeing um, for looking for a good game and, and sound like they're taking people to task maybe more than they should. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of almost look at it the way, like I look at like political, not to get political, but like I look at political news coverage. You know that like what you watch to a degree will kind of set your political agenda. And again, it's a little chicken and egg, but if you watch Fox News, chances are you're probably a little bit more conservative than somebody who watches, say, CNN. Um, and certainly maybe on the opposite end of that spectrum, MSNBC. And I think it, that's kind of like what dictates what's happening. Sorry, Marty's losing his mind. Marty's very far enough about the officiating too. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I was... I was thinking about that because like, I was thinking like, all right, does officiating or just how much of the announcers control. And I think about that with like, when I watch my, watch the game with my, my mom versus when I watch it with like maybe some of my other friends, this isn't like an age thing. It's just like, I notice my mom will be like, Oh, shut up to the announcers more often because like, like that stuff doesn't bother me as much. Cause I think probably cause I know where they're coming from. Cause I have, a degree in that or sort of a degree in that and have friends that do it but i don't know i i i think like you said i think there's nothing wrong with stating the the 10 you know the 10 penalties to two penalties i also think that it, that should have been addressed because it came at a pivotal point of yeah like this is an interesting situation i felt like they didn't bring in john perry early enough um, so I thought that was interesting. The Lewis Riddick comment, I did want to bring that up because like, he was like kind of pissed off about it. He was like, like, he sounded like a fan. Like, why aren't you lining up a half yard back? Like that was like basically what he said. And I thought that was interesting. Um, well, I think there's a professionalism thing that I think as a former player and what he's done in office, I think there's a professionalism there. And I think that's, that's the other, the next step of that critique for the bears is okay if this is something that isn't clear to the players and this is, isn't coached up or this is something they're allowing to happen because they're being you know not specific and not precise about what they're doing then then the, the blame is on them for, for for that happening um i mean i, I just thought as you were talking that the example that, that for me that this season that has been 
painful and it's more college football is the targeting stuff and everybody talking about intent. The and, and consistently announcers have been, oh, they, that rule, they got to focus. They can't focus on intent. If, if the rule is to protect the players, it's there. If they rule it and they hit helmet to helmet, sorry, they're out. It's there to protect them from, from being silly. And, and there's been so much about that that I bet you that rule changes this in the offseason um, because there's been noise about it. But that will be backing off of the reason they actually did the rule, which was to keep players safe, which is kind of ironic. Yeah, I, it's funny you say that because I actually almost texted you about that last night. Um, because, like, there was a hit. There was that hit on from Minka on, on Fields on the sideline that sent him out. Like, it was a good, solid hit. And I almost texted you, like, my brain is so, like, triggered to be like PTSD about targeting. I was like, oh crap, he's going to get kicked out of the game. They're going to have to stop the game. And then I remembered that that doesn't happen in the NFL. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I have noticed that on the college football games that I have watched, like the intent, the word intent always comes up and I'm like, we got to change the rule here. Cause at some point somebody's, you know, it doesn't matter what the intent is. If you hit him with the head, you hit him with the head, right. uh, you know, Right. I mean, for, unfortunately, that's just what rule is and why you're trying to protect the players. So, you know, change how you do it. And um, it's hard to it's hard to do that as it's happening, you know, full speed sometimes. But we'll see. I bet I bet again, I bet you that's a place where announcers talking about refs might have some impact. Oh, I lost you. Oh, can you hear me now? There you are. There we go. I really I just realized we, we totally skipped a segment. I thought you were gonna come back to it. Well, yeah, we're coming back to it. That's that's where we're going. Or you can All blow right. it off till next week. I don't no, care. No, let's, let's let's discuss let's discuss this real quick. Um, Penn State basketball, both men's and women's team. The women's team is kicking off the season right now. They're beating LIU, um, pretty handedly. So I would assume that they'll they'll win. Um, Penn State men's basketball plays tomorrow night, which would be Wednesday. If you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, which chances are you are or Thursday, um, they'll play Youngstown state. And it's kind of an interesting time for Penn state basketball. Here's my two second take. I love the fact that I literally have zero expectations about Penn state basketball, have nothing to, 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 put my hopes into and have nothing to have my soul be crushed by only to know that my soul will be crushed by the end of the season <laughs> with Penn state women's basketball. I'm somebody that I, I am somebody that cares about the women's basketball team pays attention to the women's basketball team. Cause I think that was for a while. Um, you know, the program shout out to you, Kelly Mazanti for instilling that in me. Um, and I kind of sort of feel like this is a very important year for them that they need to really kind of sort of start getting over the hump. If this, you know, if saying goodbye to Cookies Washington made sense, like the right now, the trajectory has been down. It needs to come up mm, 20%, 30%. The next year, another 20, 30%. We need to get to the point. I'm very frightened about this. We need to get to the point where Penn State women's basketball is, is an annual turning team again. Therefore, however many years that was, you knew Penn State women's basketball was going to make it. I enjoy it. I think that there's no reason for how strong high school girls basketball is in the state of Pennsylvania. And you look at some of the recruits that have come out of, 
out of there and especially even in the immediate area um you know i i see i i really think that this is a big year for women's basketball i and i'm like i said about men's basketball i i am excited to not have climb with us thrown in my face every two seconds now that being said is there anything more gorgeous than penn state men's basketball twitter no it's it's the greatest little part of the internet um so can't wait for h's to come back and flaming buses and all that good stuff yeah i'm excited i'm interested in both maybe a little bit more excited for the women I, i'm i'm on the board of, of pink zone so i need to let everybody know february 6th come to the pink game um and women's basketball was my was the 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 only beat i covered at the cdt for for any uh, my in my ten my brief tenure there for six months I covered them the year they went to the final four with with that group of players, um, and I think it's a it's just such a different animal right and and you've got I mean it's, the fan base for women's basketball is much different than men's basketball so both of them can survive and and be successful at the same time, and I think yeah I think a a nice step up or two would be good for them this year for the women and then uh, then again right because I think it's good for I think it's good for the university. It's good for the athletic department. It's it's hard though. I mean, twenty years has made a difference in terms, of even ten years, of how easy or difficult it's going to be to be really good. Um, but they should be a fun and exciting team. And the men, hey, new coach, and and I, I think I and I thought before with Coach Chambers and, and 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 how they approached it, or at least to me how it felt like they approached just win games. I don't, I don't need to climb with you. I don't need to to to, to share a bandwagon. I mean, I'll jump on your bandwagon at some point. Just win games. And again, that goes back to these people who have jobs and have to market stuff and do whatever else and create synergies and excitement and whatever else. But win, winning will do that. And, and playing fun, a fun brand of basketball will do that. I don't know that I need a hashtag or some new branded effort to do that. But I hope they win games, both of them. That's a great, that is a great way to look at the state of Penn State basketball. Just win. Just, just, <laughs> please, please win. I guess you can't make it a Raiders analogy because they're having I know. a bad week. Well, but, you know. yeah, I, I like I, I do think that that is very fair. Like that is why Michael Shrewsbury was hired, even if he's not at the rate being paid at the rate of other Big Ten coaches. Like, you know what? Like, there's an opportunity here that I don't think Pat Chambers really got to, and by the time he got to it, it was probably too late, just because of some of the stuff in his control and some of the stuff out of his control. But I, I don't know. I just think like you have an opportunity here to truly build a program, build something that you want it to be, do it, take advantage of it. I don't want Penn state to be a, it's not a good example. Let me think of the, about this example. I don't want Penn state to become a, Texas Tech or a Washington State where you go coach for a little bit and then you go to a top tier program. Like I would like, I would like to see somebody try to build a program. I don't know if that happens in this day of age. I don't know if it will happen, but I think there's an opportunity here. Seize it, take it, go with it. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think in terms of the media stuff, the media has cared more about Penn State basketball than some of the people in the athletic department in recent years. And I think that's that's been clear. Um, and I don't know that that's going to change exactly, but it feels like there should be 
hopefully there'll be enough resources and support for coach Shrewsbury to like invest himself fully and, and, and hopefully make a run at keeping this, you know, being here several, more than several years. And um, I think the lift is certainly harder for them than it is for the women to be really good in, in a perennial right. tennis no, they, team. Yeah. But I'm excited to see somebody give it a shot and I, and, I, and it, and it's hard. It, it's It's hard to execute, but the simple reality is win some basketball games, make the place fun to show up to and, and fans will come and, and it'll, it'll be, fine if not better than fine i know people want more than fine i'm comfortable with the men being maybe not an every year tournament team but consistently on the bubble at a minimum right and maybe better when they have a hot year and i and i think that then the women could probably be in every year just because i think it's a slightly easy easy lift um easier lift and so that's all okay all right uh are you ready to get the old guy young guy yep Okay. I'm just curious why you like this one, so I can't see. I'm waiting for you to see how you teed this up. Um, all right. So you asked a good question that I was actually pondering the other day. You said, simple question, how do you carry your laptop to and from work or school? Nah, let's just do, keep it on work. Um, Steve, how do you carry your, your, your laptop to and fro? It's been a backpack the past uh, couple months i have a really nice bag the girls got me for christmas a couple years ago nice leather strap makes me look professional like a nice portfolio kind of thing with a little i don't know it's not it's not like a briefcase but it's a it's a, a flop over nice leather bag um that i just haven't used maybe since the pandemic probably since the pandemic as much it's it's sitting in my office or my closet ready to go but it's been backpack most of the time now sliding the backpack and then when we travel that's my carry-on when we do, and then I have my laptop in that too, so it's it's just one easier bag. What about you? Were you ever a briefcase guy? I'll, I'll answer my question. No, not a hard, not a hardcore briefcase guy. I, I, it's been like the computer bag, which was okay, which I just didn't like. It just felt weird. This leather bag, I really like a lot. Like it just makes me look, like it looks like I kind of have a clue and I'm organized, but I'm not like briefcase guy, right? And it's a little more dressed up than backpack guy. Yeah. Um. I'm not cool enough to be any of those guys. So I just like a bag that, that actually works. I don't know. I think like, so I'm a backpack guy. I've always been a backpack guy. I always will be a backpack guy. I think. Um, yeah, actually I know I'm always going to be a backpack guy. Cause I truly think that briefcases only work if you have papers and I don't never carry papers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know some people that just like carry their laptop. And I think that's really weird. Um, but I like my backpack. My backpack is a very important possession to me. Um, always been a big, like always made sure I got a new backpack, a nice backpack. You know, it's a, it's an investment. Yep. So, you know, and I mean, like I said, we travel, so I got to look and see what's in there. Cause if we take it certain places, right. Like the, I mean, I lost with the girls one time and they can probably remember the trip, but I don't, don't like where I lost stuff in TSA. Like I lost a pocket knife. Cause I had it when we went to like a family event or something like, like I had something, I oh, will need this to work outside. And then we get on the stinking plane. We're getting racing plane. Like, is there anything in this bag that could hurt me? I'm like, I, I don't think so. I don't know. And then they find the knife and I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I wasn't losing that. Um, but yeah, I used the backpack for everything because it's just a great carry on. And, and while I'd like to go away without my computer, most times we don't, you know, so. Yeah. I, and even now, like, uh, I don't go away without even a, uh, what's it called? My iPad. Like I at least take my iPad with me. 
Right. Um, so I, mean, I, I need time. something that I can store it in. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to big time ago. I can't get away from my stuff, but it's just easier to like check email, do some other stuff, even if you're away or off. So it's done. Right. So then when you come back, it's not something you're looking at some big pile of stuff to do. Yes, yeah, Steve, it's work-life balance. Come on. I know. I know. All right. I just enjoy else? the people I'm with. No. Oh, look at you. Look it's at chili cook-off weekend. For anybody that I have heard, there, it's chili cook-off weekend. Breakfast chili. So if you're if you come, it's like at ten o'clock. We're going to start eating chili. Mm. For those of you that are interested, I don't um, know if I'll make it over. I know that's kind of early. That's, we have a record number of entrants, though ten entrants. Wow. So it'll be, it'll be. Although it's going to be, though I think I think it's be a perfect day for it. about next week. Yeah, just later probably would have worked. Even though I'm a big fan of noon games. A little later, probably would have yeah. worked. Yeah, no, you've got like a perfect day day for it. Um, we'll have an update, I'm sure, next week. Okay, all right. Cool. Well, maybe we'll give the winner a shout out. There we go. Have you ever won the chili chili? Cook-off I do contest? not cook a chili. Oh, okay. Did I am you... the I am the administrator slash commissioner. Oh, okay. Which is, so you're kind uh, of a thankless, sucky job, but somebody's got to do it. Impartial, impartial judge. I am. Hey, I not all. Sure. Everybody Not all heroes wear capes. Everybody has a beans. You know, everybody does what they need to do. And I just make it. Right. Are, are there rules to this chili cook-off content? Like what is like there have. So it is, it is a chili cook-off of the people typically. So like we, we grab people from the streets street and give them a bean, right? And everybody tastes the chilies and then votes with one bean for the chili they like most this year with 10 chilies. That is not possible to do because nobody's going to taste 10, 10 chilies. They're just not like Joe Smith that we grab off from the street isn't going to take time to do 10. So we actually have a guest judge coming in in the morning wow. to judge the 10 and get us down to a final four. And then the final hmm. four will go to public judging. Hmm. That's the plan. However, there is a little bit of anarchy sometimes hmm. with the folks who participate in our event. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have been to your tailgate and I can, I can, can confirm that there is anarchy going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of, of hurting cats. So We'll see. It'll be fun. They're, they're all good stuff. We have like five returning, five different returning champs who've been back at one point or another. It'll be a fun group. I'm excited about it. So wow, I, this is I've, I'm disappointed that it's a noon game because if it was three thirty, I would I would walk over there because I have heard legendary stories about. We'll have this to do some video. One of one of our one of our contestants who couldn't make it and is actually was sick, but it looks like he's getting flying colors and thumbs up from the doctor. Um, just hasn't been tailgating this fall. So we need to do a video for him. He's a former champion, Dave. So let's do a shout out for him, whatever else. So there'll be some video somewhere. All right. Cool. cool. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, let's see real quickly. There's been another episode of the Stuff Summer Says Podcast. You can subscribe and like us on all the podcasting things. We've got an email, says at gmail.com. Uh, five stars, do that. Um my Twitter handle is at stuff summer says yours is at Steve Sampson. Why do I struggle with Twitter handle every time? You said it good Tw- the second time. Twitter handle, but I, I enunciated there. <laughs> All right, we're good. See ya. See ya.